Welcome back, buddies. I'm here today with George. We are going to learn more about the Darklands, or his interpretation of it. I'm going to talk about the adventure path and go over some GMing. Yes. Very excited. Uh, we're two, three, maybe four sessions into Darklands. You know, we got one or two coming up here, actually, after we record this. So I'm just excited to uh, let all of you guys kind of in my little uh, creative space and uh, the crazy stuff that goes through my multi-year GMing brain here. <laughs> I think there's a lot that goes on in yeah. my brain. Okay. Yeah, so the first off. question. So, George, what is the Darklands and how is our adventure different from the book Darklands? Oh, um, well, the the Darklands is an actual place in Pathfinder. Uh, when you really start looking at it, reading into it, to me, it's actually a, a pretty short read. And it's super, super similar for all the other tabletop people out there. It's very similar to the Underdark in Dungeons and Dragons, meaning the the Darklands isn't really its own independent thing. It's essentially pr almost like prime people, almost going back to caveman days where everyone lived underground and then expand that into what that would be like in the Dark Ages, right? Mm-hmm. So in Pathfinder Darklands, you know, you have like your three essential like layers to it. Uh, it's like filled with drow, you know, dark elves. All of the Duragar-type dwarves that you would think of, uh, in my opinion, there would be stuff like kobolds, goblins, you know, and so on. It, it, it would have all of those things in like horror movies that where like a cave or tunnel exploration goes wrong you know that, that's been done plenty of times in media sure. uh to me that's what the darklands is you know it has all of that extra flavor all of that extra spice of people worshiping spider deities uh it it has a it does have a wide array of creatures it's just you're not going to casually see an asmir walking around the darklands right <laughs> not like normally it's, it's it's very savage it's essentially three layers of subterranean life that all of these beings that don't belong on the surface right if you look at it from like a real world perspective it would be all of these creatures all these monsters and humanoids that don't feel comfortable walking on the actual land and seeing sunlight and hearing birds chirping they would rather live in these caves these tunnels these passages for their entire life whether it's by choice or forced because they're are 
without being too spoilery, there are aspects of various slavery type inhabitants that happen. You know, there's cave-ins, there's pits, it's twisting, it's confusing. You know, if you don't know how to work it, it would be like a, almost like a labyrinth of, you know, fungi and slimes and molds and, you know, those creatures that would like, you know, disguise themselves as like stalagmites, but actually, you know, be able to choke you out and things of that nature. Yeah, you're, you're non-typical things. Yeah, what makes my dark lands, what makes our dark lands so much different from what I just described is what, what I just described is being the, the basis of it, the core of it is being underground, right? Yeah. That, that That's the whole plot of it is you're not in, you're not on the surface world. In our adventure, you are. I know to some people, they just clicked away and was like, this is blasphemy. Just give me a moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Our Dark Lands is independent. It is a continent. Um, the way I view it is, because I made it, it's essentially the world, real world equivalent in terms of where it would be placed on a map and in size to Australia. You know, it is a massive land mass that is disconnected. Sure. It does have all of those aspects of drow, of, you know, the undead, of vampirism, of general dismay. You know, th this is not a happy place to live in. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no one really stays here by choice unless you're some of the people of power chain leaders and etc that uh, we've gone over in our adventure um so if you were to take the you know you go to pathfinder wiki or wherever you need and look at the you know the three layers all of the caves and tunnels and how all of that works imagine Imagine instead of it being caves, instead of it being underground, what if that ceiling didn't exist? That is our dark lands. This is a full-on continent. There's cities, there's towns, you're outside. There, I, I would like to say there's life. <laughs> but this is a very unpleasant place of traditional gothic horror i'm not i'm not saying every session you listen to you're gonna hear me jump scare somebody it, it's not you know some cheap slender man type adventure there are some twisted aspects to it we've already had uh our main villain which we'll get to later our main villain uh hint at kidnapping one of our players' children's uh, child, that being Sawyer. Um, speaking of Sawyer, our main first villain, <laughs> Eric, you already know who I'm talking about. Um, that I do. We, in detail, del uh, delved into 
Sawyer's mind. At first, that's just like, okay, so are they doing psychic things? No, um, I'm talking about mental illness. I'm talking about internal struggle. I'm talking about waking up every day being surprised that you're alive. Those are the kinds of struggles that Sawyer went through, and that is the kind of stuff that we touch on in moderation. You know, at the end of the day, this is a tabletop game. We're not here to, you know, pull at your heartstrings too hard and get too real. But the, the I'm sorry, what was that? Least not yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, the the Darklands isn't a cheap, scary movie that has one star on Netflix. The Darklands is a horrific, twisted bloodshed of what is the real real world size, the real world equivalent of Australia. Uh, it's been a joy to GM it so far. Hopefully we got at least at least another seven levels in us to keep on sharing. Oh, I think we have easy another seven. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Um. So what? What did you use as like, the themes or inspirations for oh. this concoction of yours? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the Darklands. Um. You know, it was like I I said a, a few minutes ago. There's a lot of gothic horror in it, but it's it's not like the really bad movie remakes that we see nowadays. You know, we're going back to like when the first ever Dracula movie came to be. Um, I don't want to just use something like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's just a, a door fest, right? Like, th if, if the narrative calls for it, sure, you know, I'll throw in some crazed ghoul that actually has a couple of, you know, short swords or daggers that's carving into somebody and, like, playing with their intestines and shit, sure. You know, but that's if the narrative calls for it. That's not week to week. That's not a normal session. I also really enjoyed the game uh, We Happy Few. Although I haven't really thrown in the heavy elements of that video game yet, the vibe of uh, the citizens in that game is very similar to, I believe it was just one or two sessions ago when we arrived in Renelton, has a very similar vibe, a very similar feeling to the citizens there which that might actually be a hint. That might actually help a little bit. Okay. Uh, when it comes to, you know, keeping like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a creepy ambience, right? You, you sure. want to kind of always, I, I look at it and it will sound weird, but other GMs hopefully can understand as well. I, I look at it almost as like a weird mix of dancing and a pattern. 
I want my players to essentially always feel threatened. Not by the monsters around. Not by the fact that there are villains in the world. I, I mean literally just living, just existing in the Darklands. Just this space that I've created. The ideology behind it is hopefully... I've made it such an uncomfortable place where you don't see sunshine, where, where there isn't sunlight. You know, that simple concept yeah. causes so many difficulties, so many complications of, you know, farming, growing crops, gardening, flowers. You know, all of these things are, <laughs> it's not exactly easy to pull off here. Uh, there isn't, no, yeah, uh, this isn't a, uh, a very high tech-based area because you would need to have nobles, people of great knowledge, scholars, archmages, inventors, whatever you'd like to call them. They would need to have a purpose, a reason to want to bring that technology to a place like the Darklands, and why the fuck would they if all they hear about the Darklands is everyone dies here? <laughs> and that it's a horrible yeah, place to live. Uh, that also does promote a lot of, which it's my first time ever doing something like this, a lot of low magic. Uh, previously on our channel, I actually ran a, uh, a modern adventure where we were playing in modern times, 2022, 2023. Obviously, that was incredibly high magic because there was that whole idea of a world inside of a world, that magical people know that they're magical, they can see other people that are magical, but people that aren't born without magic, you know, a halfling to them just looks like a short person. Sure. I have... I have to constantly uh, restrain myself from throwing in so many of those high magic elements because we're in the Darklands. And is that easy for you or is that quite no. the challenge for your brain? <laughs> no, no, that is a serious challenge because, especially because the Darklands, you know, like we've said, it's a continent, it's a place in a world. Um, the the world is Hailmere, and this thing has been my my D and D baby <laughs> for probably like eight years. And the Darklands is the only place in this entire world, you know, take Earth, you know, in the world that is not high magic. Is that what you want? You know, I I have tacked in various other places. Uh, but this is the only one that is really, truly low magic. It's been a fun switch from the past world <laughs> to this good, one. Good. You know, and there's part of me that wants to prove also, you know, uh, George isn't a, a one-trick pony. You guys want to be spooked? I can spook you. You guys want to see some uh, some technology? I'll figure out a way to weave it in. You guys want to not encounter a bunch of arc mages and, you know, 
double-digit level sorcerers and psychics and oracles and wizards, I can do that too, and that's what we're doing right now. You, you know I'll be happy with whatever <laughs> you know. I, I mean, that's just, uh, it's just touching to hear stuff like that from players. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> so, racially, what can we expect to see the most of? Will there be any races you stray away from or ones that you go more towards? Oh, um, well, I mean, the, the ancestries and the heritages do give me, you know, a, a, a little bit of wiggle room, you know, some uh, gray area to play with. I would say mostly human drow those are top two. I know most of the time it's like, what's your top three? What's your top five? Um, I'm sticking to a top two there with there's going to be a lot of just humans and a lot of drow because that's who belongs in a place of, you know, the the sunlight sensitivity is what I always go back to, which that's kind of the drow calling card. Uh, however, we look at somebody uh, like Navian, uh, which he actually got a, a brand new name. We had to rework him a little bit. He is a cleric that we met very early on within like our very first five sessions when we were in mid-March when we first started the campaign. He was a, a, a little halfling uh, cleric that was just looking for his son. Uh, and he felt like he knew the individual that had him. And obviously that just keeps on going further and further of, wait, if he's a halfling, he has a son. That means he prob probably, you know, mated with a halfling. So right there is already like a halfling family amongst all of this. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, like that alone, I'm not going to say is enough, <laughs> you know, because it isn't. You know, you've got to expand way more than just one family to get by with well what does that exactly mean <laughs> that we also have uh someone that comes to mind right away even though they weren't necessarily an npc that we spoke with is maddox although he's dead now <laughs> Hello? um he he was a very very unconventional build for me because it wasn't you know open the book and oh here's a dwarf actually we just met fella in our most recent session fella O'Hulahan. he's also a dwarf uh that in maddox's case it wasn't open the book find an ancestry a heritage or whatever that you know seems to suit the the town the city the society in this specific location it was Let's take a closer look at the monsters and see which ones can be pulled off as humanoid, not look like it, and also have speech. That's kind of where the birth of you know Maddox came from. Uh, but uh, again, one of our, I think, all-time, or at least currently running favorites is Easton. And what's unique about him 
is even though he looks like your normal, old, grumpy, humanoid barkeeper type, uh, he's actually a werewolf, and my party knows that, so I can o openly say that. Uh, this figure is a werewolf, uh, but also in our uh, other adventure that we're running, Mercy's love interest is a werewolf. <laughs> so we're, yeah, so yep. we're, we're not unfamiliar with not only them, but running shapeshifters, because it was, what, like a year or two ago now, we we had a, a minor, minor encounter. It was only like a session uh, with what was like the equivalent of something like a changeling. Uh, but I, I think big picture is don't really expect something like an android or something like a leshy because they're just not going to be found here. You know, it's not that they're not in my repertoire. You know, I would be happy to use either. We almost encountered one in, one of those in our mini-series. There's a time and a place for all of these different people. There are just so many different kinds of NPCs, and even for character creation that you can choose to run that there's a time and a place and I always have to keep the dark lands in mind of this is the time, this is the place, no one is ru running around making an Iron Man suit inside of somebody's skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Good question. It's a little, it's a little too old school of yeah. a yeah. storyline for me that so in this lovely wonderful <laughs> not so warm uh location of the dark lands yeah how does religion work are there any temples anything along that uh it's it's kind of a doozy first of all it's kind of a doozy um it, it it exists, you know. It 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 would be wrong of me as a GM to just strip that away from. I I'm not gonna say a town. I'm not saying every single city, town, village ever in existence should have a shrine. I'm saying in in general, there should probably be at least an NPC or two that has an opinion of gods of deities you know you might not necessarily see it as a structure uh, you could see it as a simple amulet you know a simple holy symbol an engraving and armor uh, the <laughs> the challenge that religion presents in the dark lands is the individual because we have not spoken about him yet but i'm sure we will the individual whom basically runs the dark lands you know every country whatever has to have a ruler a king someone in charge uh the person you already know who i'm speaking of the person who uh essentially is the lord of the Dark Lands, he is not exactly the religious type. 
No. The kind of person he is does not exactly support it whatsoever. And it's not even th though, which, you know, obviously hinting hard enough to, even if you haven't listened to a Darklands episode, obviously I'm talking about like a villain, a bad guy. And it would be like, okay, well, what about the, you know, the evil deities? Um, when you're in a position of power and you have been for as many centuries as he has, your ego grows to such a point where you no longer feel like you need temples or churches or shrines because you look in the mirror and view yourself as the god as for a comparison ego from guardians of the galaxy from the marvel movies th that's the best equivalent uh it's it's a challenge it has already been brought up it's been sprinkled throughout actually within the next couple of sessions we're going to be exploring it a little bit and uh, my players will have a better idea of what happens when a religious structure is actually built successfully and isn't to an evil deity dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay so for the new viewers, yeah. uh, the first episode of Darklands is actually the end of a story arc That's in right. yes. a dungeon. Um, can you give them an idea of what the dungeon was like and what the conclusion of it meant? Uh, okay. If, if I went in detail, we'd be here for hours. <laughs> um, True. So... I'll, I'll kind of give the spark notes as we talked about Sawyer earlier and Maddox. Um, Maddox, essentially, and Eric, I can give you a link to this too, so you get a better you know, mental image of, of what this was. Um, they're either specifically called a boogie or a boogie man. Uh, that's essentially what the basis of creating him was. That... Oh, great. So we had a John Wick in there? Okay. <laughs> that uh, when when Ryan was creating Sawyer, we essentially, and you know, th this should go for anyone creating any character in any adventure, is it should be a collaboration between you and your GM. It shouldn't be just you presenting this to your GM and that's it, and it shouldn't be your GM writing your backstory for you. Uh Sawyer is probably in my top 10 all-time favorites because it was just so layered. It was so emotional. All of it was so gut-wrenching. We actually had somebody comment about, uh, I think they needed like affirmation that they wanted to still feel manly <laughs> because they cried okay. when Sawyer, uh, spoiler warning, they cried when uh, Sawyer got the killing blow on Maddox. 
Uh, so. He wasn't. Oh, that person wasn't <laughs> yep. the only one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then there was that other individual that had that very nice, very sweet comment that months ago Sawyer had a dream sequence where it was... Well, everyone was here, you know, four or five players, but it was literally just me and Ryan for over an hour. By far, that session is still my number one. Really? Yeah, cause, because of the... We're going to quote Shrek and Donkey on this one. Yep. Onion was peeled open. <laughs> yeah, and it gave all of my players a better idea of who Sawyer is currently, the present, as a person. So, uh, to get back to the question, essentially what, as a GM, what I have before me is a player that is essentially haunted. A, a cursed player that is seeing things, hallucinating, illusions. He is surrounded by his neighbors. Everyone in town knows him as a lunatic. There, there was a lot that the party didn't see, but that also applies to Beetle, that Beetle, you know, for example, maybe he's in his early 30s, and the party just met within the past few months that there's three decades of history that they never saw, never knew about Beetle. Same thing applies to Sawyer, that after a couple decades of just being so beat down and hearing those whispers, seeing those shadows of everyone else, but not his own. He never casted a shadow because Maddox ripped it away from him. Just another way to fuck with his head. Uh, that at one point the party did actually kill him. Very early on, they, you know, the whole shebang reduced him to zero hit points, so on and so forth. They that is just... the biggest set of quotation marks in the world. Yep. They just, uh, you know, like a contract. They didn't read the fine print. Uh, sessions later, it was unveiled, it was revealed that he was indeed, he was in fact alive and well, and this whole dungeon was his tomb. Uh, similar to almost how like a vampire, when they are killed, how they retreat back to a resting place or something like that. Um, very similar concept with... Maddox, that they killed him. He went back to where, and I can't be too spoilery about it because there's a couple things in the future, where he is anchored. They found that location, delved through, and this was actually, in my opinion, Eric, I think you'll agree, this was your first dungeon as well. Yeah, we're not going to count the other one. <laughs> yeah, this was a very... Uh, for all of you out there that's played a, a game like Skyrim, this was a honestly a, a very traditional dungeon. It had mystery, it had puzzles, it had traps. We had multiple combats. There were NPCs. You know, not everything was as it seemed. Uh, there was a prophecy. Hint, hint. <laughs> there was role-playing, uh, they gained loot, they gained gold, and what you guys saw as our first episode, 
of the Darklands was about 30 episodes pre <laughs> tabletop buddies of meeting each other, role playing, you know, having your what you would imagine to be just a tabletop experience. It's just so happens to be that you guys I don't want to say you guys got lucky <laughs> but it was it happened very conveniently that episode one was an epic conclusion to I think we were in that dungeon for 11 sessions oh Stuart yeah and, and we leveled up yay <laughs> and no one died Physically. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Yeah, mentally deceased many times. So mentally for our new deceased. viewers, mm -hmm. um, we all know Cassius is the BBEG. Can yeah. you yeah, tell right. us who he is and maybe shed some light on his past? Okay, so Cassius himself, uh, as we go back to a couple of the er earlier questions, he is the the Lord of the Darklands. Uh, at least that's how he views himself. <laughs> uh, probably 80% of the population wouldn't use the word Lord. They would use probably the word Tyrant instead. Uh, this isn't going to be news to anyone. This isn't going to be a spoiler. Uh, clearly, he's a vampire. You know, that's just fact. We know it. We've seen him. The party has encountered him a couple of times already. Right? We've seen him, what, two, three times? Two, three? No more than three times? Um. So... What we have is a vampire, which, in my opinion, I'm not going to pull up a stat block and quote it. Um, in my opinion, say you're 41 years old, you get bit by a vampire, you're turned, you're a vamp. In my opinion, whether it's by the rules or not, that means you're 41 years old, even if it's 20 years from now. Uh, yeah, I don't see your age ever changing. Yeah, you know, maybe that's a just a media thing that's fucked with everyone, but <laughs> uh, that's how I am ruling it. So, as any of you can imagine, we've all heard of Cassius. We've never heard of a sibling. We've never heard of a mom or dad, and... As anyone would imagine, it's probably because, as they were humans, their time came to be. How long ago was that? I know that. No one else does. No clue. How long would it take to make a enormous, enormous Elden Ring-style castle that can be seen for miles? Probably a pretty long fucking time. Decades? Centuries? Yeah, and then how long would it take to fill that castle with furniture and to essentially have cults forming in your name, to have a lineage, to be feared 
everywhere. And keep in mind, this is Pathfinder. This is the Darklands. There aren't phones. There isn't technology. You can't text someone or call someone and tell them, oh, wow, that world leader's a real dick. Like, no, it's all word of mouth. How long would it take for that word of mouth to spread without technology? Considering everything would be forced <laughs> back. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, months, years. Yeah. Depending on what corner it's going to. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what we do know of him thus far, because we, it was, as I said, I'm not, I'm not going to just hand out spoilers, but I'm also not going to be super vague with my answer. You know, I'm trying to find that, you know, whittle room, that sweet spot in between uh, that we did encounter him at that uh, masquerade ball that I talked about earlier, where at the very least, because he had to get there, then he had to be amongst the masquerade that he at the very least can do a good job of disguising himself, of maybe going invisible, of fitting in, maybe as high stealth. Other than Easy. that, other than that, we didn't see him wielding any weapons. We didn't see him casting any spells, but what we did see was the night of, there was a massive storm, you know, rain, wind, th cracks of thunder, the whole nine yards, but conventional lightning, you know, that bright white, you know, yellow shocking lightning, uh, the lightning was red that night. And in general, the wildlife population increased, where I'm not saying all of a sudden this dude named Cassius can talk to squirrels. <laughs> no, I'm saying <laughs> in general, there were more rats around than there should have been. Did you guys see a couple of bats? You swear in the fog there was maybe a wolf or two. I recall possibly seeing some wolves, yeah. but... Yeah, that there were just, in general, a, a couple of hints here and there where, you know, he is a vampire, you guys saw the fangs, there was all the bloodshed, everything of that nature. Uh, he seems incredibly powerful. He seems vengeful, relentless. Um some insight on how I have been role-playing him, or at least where the idea came to be, was in the show Supernatural, there is an individual that's known as the Prime Vampire. So if you haven't seen Supernatural, uh, maybe just look it up, or if you have seen it, then you know exactly who I'm referring to and who I'm talking about. Uh, take him right? Take that guy from Supernatural, this prime vamp, and put him in Pathfinder. That's Cassius. It's a good description of him. Um, I, I think, and, you know, just kind of closing words here, I think my favorite thing so far, actually, has been how active he is. Because generally when you talk about a BBEG, Maybe there'll be hints, maybe they'll be revealed 
even early, but the party would just hear their name or they would get a clue at a library or something. We've encountered this guy twice already. Like he's shown up in the flesh. Yeah, he's clearly not afraid to be present. Yeah, he's not someone that is just going to like hide away in their lair and wait for the party to attack first. There's a lot of, like I said earlier, that pattern dancing of, and it's kind of my joy of GMing, is none of these guys know what I'm doing behind the GM screen. Week to week, session to session, me having my own personal notes on where Cassius is and what he's doing. He could be in his castle right now, for all Beetle knows. He could be 10 miles away. He could be 80 miles away. He could be on the beach sipping mojitos. <laughs> Lovely. That would, that's a fun mental image, isn't it? It, it very is. Uh, that. I, I hope you guys enjoy him as much as we have. Uh, I hope you guys hate him as much as my players hate him. And I, hope for, and I hope for uh, the next, like I said, seven, eight, nine, maybe, maybe should it be in the cards, 10, maybe the next 10 levels. I say 10 levels because we just leveled up. We are level 10. Seeing this go to 20 would be an absolute delight. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to make it. If the narrative calls for, if all of our story arts have concluded, and we're level 16, and we feel like it's time to storm that fucking castle and take back the Darklands, we'll conclude the campaign at 17. That was just an example, but, you know... Beetle's hoping for 420, but he's not going to say no to a 17 or an 18. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I hope this gave all of you guys a, a better idea of the adventure we're running. Uh, some insights, uh, some ideas of possible things you guys can do down the line in your own home games. And if you haven't listened to Darklands yet, hopefully this will shed some light on the kind of adventure we're running. Uh, I, I know when we talk about traditional classical gothic horror it's like oh man that's spooky that's scary I'm not sure if I'd be into it uh, just try it because we do always mix in our drinks that there is there is some lightheartedness there is some shenanigans you know we're not sitting here taking every single word on a serious note we still are George Eric Ryan Skyler Jen and in, I think, just like two weeks' time, another person. Very excited. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. Well, we're going to end this with my typical thing of buddies, drink up.